Nobody really understands the nuance of the follow-up. That's the part that most people are missing when it comes to really powerful networking. It's following back up and saying, hey, I loved your speech. You were amazing on that podcast. I loved your quote in that article. I thought you were so great at that event. Can you give me some homework? And then actually doing that homework and giving them feedback. I think most people don't realize that that is such a small nuanced thing when it comes to networking, but it can be the most powerful feature that you have. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, your network is your net worth. And while that may be directionally true, it doesn't provide any pointers on how to actually build that network. That's why today we have Kim Kaup. She's an agency founder, educator, and podcast host. And today she's going to help you grow a powerful network. This is the Launch Your Business podcast, because we know starting a business is challenging, but it doesn't have to be confusing. Each week, we'll give you the tactical advice and the necessary tools to scale your business without feeling burnt out. I'm Terry Rice, business development consultant and staff writer here at Entrepreneur Magazine. Let's dive in. How much would you charge to make a social media post for a brand? $500? $5,000? I had no idea either, but I needed to since a brand was asking me to complete a proposal. Fortunately, I had someone in my network that would have the answer. Kim Comp. I had a brief cameo in a video she made for another brand, so I knew she was at least somewhat familiar with how the whole thing works. We chatted for about 30 minutes and I left with the clarity needed to move forward with the proposal. And I was able to close the deal. So my network actually helped me increase my net worth. This is just a small example of how having the right connections can boost your business and your confidence. But how do you build your network, especially with the lack of in-person events and constant solicitations on social media? Well, that's what Kim's gonna chat about today. She'll teach you how to build an impactful LinkedIn profile, so you can stand out from the crowd, a repeatable and authentic way to connect with the right people, no matter how busy they are, and how to provide value to your network, no matter how far along you are in your business or career. So let's hop into it right now. I'm Kim Kalp. I'm a founder and edutainer, which I like to say is an educator, but that is also highly entertaining. I dig that. And can you go a bit more into your, your background? How, what are you educating people on, if that's the way to say it? I have two companies. I have a marketing agency called Bright Ideas Only, where we work with celebrities, A-list artists, sports teams, entertainment properties to help them engage their fan bases. And then I have a company that's all about helping people build their career capital. So helping them capitalize on their knowledge, their network, and really how they're showing up with their executive presence in their space as a leader or as a corporate worker or as a CEO or a founder. You're obviously a pro at networking, so I'm sure you get a lot of questions, but what is one question that people never ask you, but they should because the response is so critical to their success? People never ask me about following up with networking. So everybody gets the idea of I exchange business cards or I add them on LinkedIn or I follow them on Twitter, but nobody really understands the nuance of the follow-up. And that's really the most powerful part. It's not just about I contacted them on LinkedIn or I connected with them on a social media platform. It's following back up and saying, hey, I loved your speech. You were amazing on that podcast. I loved your quote in that article. I thought you were so great at that event. 
Can you give me some homework? That's always my go-to line. Is there a book that you think I should be reading? Is there a podcast that you think I should be listening to? And then actually doing that homework, reading that book, listening to that podcast, checking out that article and giving them feedback. I think most people don't realize that that is such a small nuanced thing when it comes to networking, but it can be the most powerful feature that you have because sometimes people are getting outreach from hundreds, if not thousands of people, depending on who they are and what they're doing. So making sure that yours stands out and is unique in a special way. I think that's the part that most people are missing when it comes to really powerful networking. That, that's brilliant. Even on my end, I'm like, hmm, never thought of that. So I'm glad we're, we're talking here. So now I'm going to shift roles for a bit. Pretend that I just left my job in corporate and I'm venturing off into entrepreneurship. But for years, my identity was tied to the logo of the company that I worked with, right? What should I do? What are some of the first steps I should take in regards to growing my network? The first steps that you should really take to growing your network is to number one, let people know that you left corporate. I think so many times, especially now, we're all busy people. We got a lot of stuff going on. Sometimes your friends or your family members or those closest to you, they don't even know you left or they don't even know that you started a new gig and a new job or a side hustle or a, a company that you intended to found. So let your network know whether that's posting on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or sending personalized emails out saying, hey, I'm doing this new thing. I wanted to tell you about it. I wanted you to check it out. So I think number one, let people know what you're actually doing. I think that so many of us miss that very basic first step because as you know, we are always the centers of our own universe. And so sometimes we think the sun and everything else revolves around us, but it, it does not. So actually letting people know what you're doing is number one. And number two, I would say the best thing that you can do when it comes to representing yourself outside of the corporate sphere is really building your career capital, really investing in yourself. So I would say if I could start anywhere with anybody, please start with your LinkedIn. It is one of the most powerful business networking platforms. It is also, fun fact, one of the oldest. It is 18 years old. I know it's, it's legally allowed to join the army, but LinkedIn is 18 years old. It is the oldest social platform. And it is also one of the most frequented by C-suite executives, business leaders. It's just a powerhouse platform that you need to be on. So I know sometimes that can be intimidating for people, especially when they maybe have let their LinkedIn's lack or they haven't logged in in a while. But I know sometimes you just need that little boost. So if you actually go to helpmylinkedin.com, I have a whole system. It'll probably take you anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes. It's totally free. It's easy. I promise I make it super fun. But I would say LinkedIn is another great tip if you're just leaving the corporate space. I think everyone wants a cheat sheet, but then it's like there's still hard work that goes into it. You know, it's like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be challenging. You're making it less confusing. That's the gift you're giving people. It's clarity and time compression. The best example I give people is if anyone has, you know, nieces or nephews or they themselves play video games, it's like getting a cheat code. I'm not saying that you can't go through the game. You can, but like if you have a cheat code and you can just automatically get to the next level or automatically get that secret weapon that you've been looking for, then why not do that? Okay. So from my perspective, the three most important things you can bring to any relationship are your knowledge, your network, and your ongoing support. But when you're first starting out, it's hard to even position yourself as someone that people want to connect with. 
So what would you say beyond going on LinkedIn or even in addition to LinkedIn, you could do to make yourself someone that people actually want to align with? The number one tip to make yourself somebody that wants to be in the mix and people want to network with is to be helpful. I always say the number one way that you should be ending meetings or interactions with people is to say, how can I help you? And don't just make that end on how can I help you in work, but just as a human being, how can I help you? I cannot tell you how many times I have been recommending hairstylists dog walkers, um, movies, podcasts to listen to, because at the end of the day, in addition to work, we're all humans. And if you can help somebody find that dog walker or find that new hairstylist, that can be a huge help in their life. So I always say, if you can end a meeting with how can I help you or that networking session or end that event or conversation, it's going to be a really powerful way for people to remember you. We're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, Kim is going to answer an extremely important question. How do you start a conversation with a random person? Just get started. If you've ever looked for tips on launching a business, just get started seems to come up a lot. And while that's vaguely motivational, it does not provide any real direction. Because the next logical question for anyone would be, well, how do I get started? What specifically should I do? Well, if you're looking to quickly start a business without the confusion, risk, and pressure of doing something entirely new, I've got a solution for you. It's called the Solopreneur's Fast Track, a step-by-step -step process on how to start a business using the skills you already have and actually enjoy using. So let's say your favorite part of a previous job was email marketing. You'll learn how to start a business offering other companies advice on how they can improve their email marketing. Or maybe you are really good at integrating complicated tech tools you can help other organizations do the same thing without the need to bring on a full-time hire. So the main point here is that everything you need to start a business is already within you. You don't need a cool website or fancy tools. And by completing the course, you'll also discover a simpler approach for attracting clients without using complicated funnels or cheesy sales tactics. You can finish it over a weekend and start making money in as little as 30 days. You'll gain the clarity and confidence you need to start your business and receive a one-page business plan so you can immediately apply what you've learned. Get started today and receive a 20% discount by heading to terryrice.co backslash fast. That's terryrice.co backslash fast. So we've been talking to Kim Kopp. She's the founder of a marketing agency and an edutainer where she helps people like you grow their professional presence. And one of my favorite takeaways so far is to start by activating and updating your current network. We also discussed the need to build up your professional presence, and I agree, LinkedIn is a great place to start. So head to Kim's cheat sheet at helpmylinkedin.com. But now let's tackle the question that everyone has when they're trying to expand their network. How can you connect with the right people to grow your network without getting ignored or feeling like a pest? Kim's going to answer that question right now. How can I reach out to someone on LinkedIn or another social platform without seeming like I'm spamming them or just seeming too, too desperate or too thirsty? What would be your approach for that? I have a, an approach that I call the peanut butter and jelly strategy. So I'll share it with you. The peanut butter to me is somebody's name. It is unique to them. It's, and you know, there's different types of peanut butter, crunchy, smooth, you know, 
you know, you're really specific with the peanut butter. Next up is the jelly. And the jelly is that cool, interesting thing that that person is doing. It could be a quote they said on a podcast. It could be a fun fact about their LinkedIn profile that you think is really interesting, or it could be a post that they recently posted. So it's that jelly that gives them that unique sauce. And then the bread is appreciation and gratitude. And that just sandwiches them right in. So appreciation, like it's so great to meet you. I'm really excited to keep learning from you and then some sort of gratitude. So thanks for sharing that last post. Thanks for having such great points on that podcast, but really gratitude or thanks for connecting. I'm really excited to keep learning from you. So this peanut butter and jelly strategy, I think is really helpful when you're reaching out to what would be strangers on LinkedIn, but very quickly, if you craft the message with this peanut butter and jelly strategy, they don't really feel like strangers. It feels like someone that you've connected with and you're really appreciating what they're doing and how it helped your life. So from your perspective, what can you do on your profile? to increase the chances of someone accepting your connection request, your DM, how can you just front load yourself for success? Absolutely download my tips and tricks cheat sheet because I go through a ton of these, but I'll keep it short if I could. That has a lot of cheat sheets in it. So again, if you go to helpmylinkedin.com, it'll all be there. But if I had to pick one out of all the ideas I had, the one thing I would say is make sure that your profile is complete. So a lot of times people will leave their banners empty. They won't put in their work information. They won't put in an about me section. Take the time to actually complete the profile. We've all heard on social media platforms of bots or ghost accounts. Most of the time, bots or ghost accounts, they're not totally filled out. They might have a picture, but the name's kind of weird. You never, never, never want to be confused for a bot or a ghost. Holy moly, that would be a disaster. So if I had to give one tip, it would be make sure your profile is completely filled out all the sections, you have something in there. I actually had an incident where someone thought I was a bot and they somewhat tested me on it. So I replied, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a human. I'm just, I'm just stoic. So we, we both got a laugh out of that. Okay, so these are great tips and I appreciate it, but let's double click on this topic and just keep drilling down. What are some not so obvious ways that people can network that they should strongly consider if they want to stand out from the crowd, right? Which is our goal. And this would be in addition to, you know, sending these very unique DMs and talking about the person's background. What are some other not so obvious ways that you can grow your network? I would say the number one not obvious way that you can grow your network and also the one that tends to make people feel the most uncomfortable, but it is the best, is to ask for help. People don't realize how much their connections that they already have want to help. So if you say, hey, I'm actively trying to network with people in the CPG space because I'm really curious about XYZ, or hey, I'm really trying to network with people in the NFT space. I'm really curious about how blockchain is going to be doing there in the future. If you post, again, whether it's on LinkedIn or just in person with friends or family members or coworkers, hey, do you know anybody that's working in this field, in this industry, at this job title? That's going to be helpful to help you network with other people in the industry. I think sometimes we forget that simply asking for help can lead to a flood of information. And I'll use myself as an example. I recently moved from New York City to Austin, Texas. I moved during the pandemic. 
I didn't know anybody in Austin. And obviously meeting new people during a pandemic is a little difficult because people don't necessarily want to interact with people they don't know, certainly people who had been traveling. And so what did I do? I reached out to my wider network and I said, hey, does anybody know anyone in Austin? Do you have an old college roommate? Do you have a sister? Do you have a cousin? Who lives here that is cool that you could introduce me to? And I'll use an example from Entrepreneur, but Jason Pfeiffer actually was like, I have a great friend. She lives in Austin. Her name's Vanessa. You're going to love her. Turns out we did meet up and not only did we hit it off, we have become fast friends and we hang out now all the time, all because I sent that one message that said, Hey, I'm moving to Austin. Do you know anybody? And so that's a perfect example of a through thread of, I sent the message, Jason reached out, Jason knows Vanessa. Now Vanessa and I know each other. And it's all because of just asking for help. I'm going to jump in here real quick, just for context. The Jason that Kim was referring to was Jason Pfeiffer, who was the editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I wouldn't be talking to you or Kim if it was not for him. I met Kim through Jason, and I met Jason while our kids were attending a gymnastics class together here in Brooklyn. X years later, I'm now a staff writer at Entrepreneur Magazine and talking to you right now. But it also started with me offering and asking Jason for help. We had him on the podcast, that's episode two. So if you haven't already listened to it, I strongly suggest that you do. He passed along some great advice on how we can embrace change and come up better on the other side. But in looking back at that chance encounter, I remember scrambling to think of how I could even start the conversation. Now, I'm not shy, but I am an introvert. So just walking up to a random person does not come easily to me. So I asked Kim what advice she had for other introverts out there. And we'll get into that right now. I have two pieces of advice for introverts who are interested in networking. And the first is to start digitally. I think that's a great way to kind of get into the shallow end before you move into the deep end. But digital networking, I think, can be a really great forte for you into what it's going to be like when you start networking in person again. So definitely start digitally. I think that's a really great key. And the second is accountability. It's like going to the gym. Sometimes it's really hard to go to the gym by yourself. Sometimes having that extra gym partner or somebody who's relying on you makes it a lot easier and kind of gives comfort like, Hey, I'm going to the gym with someone else. So as you start networking, I would say, get that accountability partner, whether that's me, whether that's somebody else, it doesn't even have to be somebody who you interact with in, in real time. It could be somebody that you know digitally, but having that accountability partner is going to be really key to help you feel confident and help you feel like, okay, this is something that I can do. I'm feeling good about it. And it's not something that's causing a lot of nervous energy or anxiety. So speaking of anxiety, let's let's stay with that for a moment. Do you have any tips for how you can make the most out of an in-person event while also respecting everyone's boundaries that they might have? The best piece of advice as we start to get in back into in-person networking and what that looks like, I always say less is more and you can do more later. So what I mean by that is let's say you're at a networking event and there's 20 people there or 30 people there or 40 people there. If you can simply meet two, maybe three people at the entire event, but you keep going afterwards, that is going to be what matters. So let's say you meet two people at an event. You meet Brian and you meet Rachel and Brian and Rachel were interesting people and you had a great conversation. 
you can reach out to Brian and Rachel separately and say, Rachel, it was so wonderful to meet you. I'd love to have a further conversation. In fact, I love what you brought up about XYZ. Do you have any other colleagues, coworkers, friends that are also knowledgeable in this subject area or that you think would be interesting for me to meet? And Rachel might say, absolutely. In fact, I know two people that are also in this space. Why don't the four of us go to coffee together? Or why don't the four of us go to this event that uh, is coming up next week? So that's just a simple example. But sometimes when you utilize people's networks, they also feel more comfortable because they say, oh yeah, I know my coworker or I know my friend. And therefore you are the only new person in this group, in this smaller subset, but it was organized for you, for your purpose. So I always say, even if you meet two or three people at an event, how can you leverage their network, which they also might feel more comfortable with as we get back to in-person events, it might be much easier for someone to say, Hey, I'll bring my friend, Tiffany, I just saw her last night than it is to go into another event with another 20 strangers. So I think that can be a really powerful tool as we get back to networking in person. I love this approach. And I think the more specific you are about who you want to connect with, the more impactful it is. So I do want to be respectful of your time. And I appreciate all these great tips and stories you shared. But is there anything else you'd like to pass along and also, what's the best way for people to keep up with you? I would say the most important thing when it comes to networking is also being around like-minded people. So I know for me, what really helps is getting an intentional space every single week where I'm networking and meeting people on a regular basis, kind of like brushing your teeth. You're doing it every day. So for me, that's every single Wednesday at 1 p.m. I would love to invite anyone who's listening to join. You can go to getcoffeewithkim.com. That's getcoffeewithkim.com. And you can join me for coffee every single Wednesday with other really wonderfully smart, brilliant, talented people that are also making intentional time to network every single week. I like the part she mentioned about being intentional and having an accountability partner. So fun fact coming at you. The American Society of Training and Development found that people are 65% likely to meet a goal after committing to another person. So let's say your goal is connecting to 10 new people each week. Let a friend know. They also found the chances of success increase to 95% when you build in ongoing meetings with your partner to check in on progress. So grab a buddy, set networking goals, and keep each other accountable. This could be as simple as sharing a Google worksheet, documenting your outreach activities, then checking in to see how things are going every week. And I'd also recommend sharing this episode with them as well. Kim passed along so many amazing tips and you'll find them summarized in the show notes. And also don't forget to get her cheat sheet at helpmylinkedin.com. You can also find her on social media at Kim Kopp. That's K-I-M-K-A-U-P-E. And if you enjoy this episode, please reach out to her, reach out to me, and I'll see you next time. Apply what you've learned on today's show. You'll find the show notes and more resources at terryrice.co backslash podcast. Again, that's terryrice.co backslash podcast. And the best way to support this podcast is by subscribing, telling a friend, and leaving a review. Also, you can get more tips by following me on Instagram at It's Terry Rice or follow me on LinkedIn. 
This episode was produced by Josh Wilcox of Brooklyn Podcasting Studio and edited by Dan Lardy. Special thanks to my wife, Dominique, for keeping our kids relatively quiet as I recorded. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. Hold up. 